Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you and on with the show. Half of Australians admit that their diets fail and two-thirds of those dieters will regain the weight they do lose only one year later. We're constantly bombarded with the latest IT diet, the one that will stick, the one that will change our lives, have us beach body ready and feeling like our best selves. What starts out as bold optimism eventually erodes. The bad foods sneak in, we miss our daily super smoothie or lemon water drink and we slip back to where we started or even worse. And this can be a big problem for parents when we are so tired at the end of the day, we just, you know... We start to put on weight as we get older and perhaps leave, leave more sedentary lives because we're so damn tired after we've looked after the kids. Dr. Lior Rauchberger is from MyDNA and he saw this happening and wanted to get to the bottom of it to help us realise that fad diets are not the answer. Hi, Lior. How are you? Hi. So your company, MyDNA, recently conducted research into why diets fail. What did you find? Well, we found... Just like you mentioned, results that were not surprising at all, that there's so much guesswork that goes into trying to diet. People try this diet and that diet, what the latest fad diet is, what their friends told them, and there's not a lot of science that goes on and why do you pick diet A versus diet B. And I'm really passionate about this emerging field of DNA and genetics and understanding what our DNA means. We've all got a unique set of DNA that explains how all parts of our body works and research around the world with DNA, particularly in the last two years, which has just exploded, is telling us that people process foods differently. Some people have a problem processing carbs, some proteins, some fats. And understanding this information can really help us make a much better and informed decision about what the best diet is for you rather than for the average person or rather than just guessing and all these fad diets. So, in effect, fad diets are kind of like um, throwing darts in the dark, I guess, because you're, you're just assuming that it will work because everyone's saying, oh, this is new. And Yeah, and it might work for you. It's not to say that it won't, but there's a lot of frustration in fad dieting. And, yes, the whole theme of genetics and DNA is personalization. Yeah, rather than going on what is right for the average person, you may not have the average person. You may not process fats like the typical person. You process them like you process them. And our DNA gives us some insights into that. And so the theme, it's, it's personalized wellness or personalized healthcare. And specifically, it's about personalized dieting. So absolutely. And I've, I've done the test and I learned some things that I intuitively knew about myself but I didn't necessarily know what to do about it. Yeah. So, so what do you do with that information? And we spent a lot of time looking through all the research to give people something practical that they can take home. So can we look at you? Because you're sure. the only example yeah. we've got. <laughs> yes, yes. What did you find when you say you intuitively knew the things that you found on your test? Yeah. What were those things? So one of the, one of the genes that we, we all have, the, we all have the same genes, but it's what what variety of the gene we inherited from our father and our mothers, yeah? So we each get one one bit from our mum and one from our dads. 
And so one of the most studied genes around weight management and appetite and snacking, which is where I'm coming to, is this gene called the FTO gene. This is what it's called before I got it. And I've actually got a, a variant of the FTO gene that's not the best. <laughs> but I, it's what I got from my parents. Yeah, I was born right. with it. I'll die with it. And so what I learned um, when I did this test a year ago is that people that have this the, the type that I have, and we actually color code the, the genes to make it really simple for people. We, we let people know for that gene or that DNA marker, are they green, amber, and red? So if you had a choice of what your parents would give you, you'd want to get the green version. Okay, yeah, it's right. just it's it's not technical, but I don't have the red, which is okay, which is great. But I've got the amber, which is a bit like the red. Yeah, so it's not the most desirable, but it is what it is. And what that tells us is that people that have that are more prone to becoming overweight in time. And the part of the reasons they do that is that they snack a lot. They're, it's called the, the, the non-technical names is the snacking gene. So they're always grazing. And okay. what the study shows, you've got this gene, you, your brain isn't getting the correct signals that you're full. Yeah, I don't okay. need that second bowl of pasta, yeah? But I think I do when I'm hungry, I'm hungry, and I just have it. And, I, and those people tend to overeat. And then they tend to over over put on weight, and I've always I'm always seem to be hungry. I'm grazing, I'm snacking, I'm look, walking past the jelly beans. What can I take out of the jar? <laughs> and so, so that's interesting. But I always knew that because I've always enjoyed my food, and I've always eaten a lot. And, and my wife constantly tells me, you know, you don't need the second bowl of bolognese, etc. But so what we then try in our reports when when I got my report, we'd like to then tell people, okay, so what can you do about it? Because fine, I know that's what I'm like. And what the evidence shows, if you have that particular DNA profile, that you should go on a diet that has more protein in it. Because if you have more protein, you can break that signal that your brain thinks that you're not full, but you really are. And so I should have more protein than the typical Australian should have. So, Does that uh, make sense? Yes, but this might be a complicated question. But um, assuming that DNA is something, well, we've all, always had DNA assumes as since the beginning of time, since we've actually been here, right? Yes, we have. So if this snacking gene, can we say that that existed way back when? I mean, how yeah. now we can use science to say this is how you eat and this is how you might choose to stop eating that way because yes. it's bad for you. Yes. Does that mean that... Back in the day, if you had this DNA, you would be obese anyway. Well, I think yes. Well, you know, it doesn't. It's not the only thing that explains why people become obese, but okay. it's a key part of the puzzle. It's not like simple cause and effect. I mean, it's very complicated DNA, and there's other factors. So even if we go back to the snacking or the overweight gene, if you had a red version of that, which and people that have the red of that gene definitely are more likely to be overweight. But it doesn't mean if you've got red, you're going to be overweight, right? And also on the other side, if you've got the green version of that gene, which is the best you can get, and you go and have McDonald's every night and have seven Big Macs. Not so it's anyway. just like an underlying inclination. It's an inclination. And it's, it's, okay. just, it's really just empowering people to understand about their bodies, yeah? And so one of the other things we look at how you, for instance, process fats or carbs. So, if, for instance, if you did not have any problem processing carbs... Well, then going on a guesswork on a blindly on a low-carb diet, which is depriving you of this this great food source, probably won't have a big impact. And so the studies show that if you go on a DNA, and you've got to do other lifestyle factors as well, but if you go on a diet that's guided by your DNA and understanding how your body works, you, you are more likely to lose more weight. Yeah, And that's been shown across many studies around the world. Yeah. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Dr. Leo Rauchberger. He is from My DNA, and we're talking about how DNA can have an impact on whether you're 
effectively dieting. I've got to say, I don't like dieting at all, which isn't to say that I don't need to do it. But to me, the idea of restricting what you eat um, and counting calories and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes I wonder if fad dieting doesn't work simply because it is something new and it's not necessarily, look... In order to lose weight, what you need to do is stop eating chocolate or stop yeah. having three beers when you come home at night. Yeah. I mean, it, it, have I got something there? Or? No, you do. And, and, and I don't like it either. And, and, and the, of course, if you go on this extreme fad diet, you will lose weight. You, you deprive yourself of calories. You go to 1,500 calories a day. You'll lose your 5 or 10 kilos, your 100%. But as you say, no one likes doing it. It's not very sustainable either. You, can't, you might be able to do it for two months or 12 weeks and lose your 10 kilos, but invariably, which is what, what the research echoes, is that six months later, you'll put back 90% of that weight that you worked so hard to lose. So what we're trying to advocate is these things that are extreme and not sustainable, don't even start them. There's just no use in starting them. Get some information, this knowledge about your body, and, and the types of things that we're recommending are much smaller steps. They're things that you can bring into your nutrition and your you know your weight management for a lifetime, yes? And that is more sustainable than something that's quite extreme and fad like that invariably won't you won't be able to do forever. So I don't think when people when people start thinking, oh I'm overweight, I need to get on top of this, I I don't think the first thing they that comes to mind is I need to get my DNA yeah. checked out. Yeah. Yeah. It also sounds quite expensive. I mean, yeah. how affordable are these kinds of tests? Yeah, so good question. And and before I talk about the actual cost, it's not just about, I mean, we're talking about dieting today, but understanding our DNA is a lot more than dieting. The whole area of nutrition, uh, we're looking at vitamins, what's the best vitamin supplementation, fitness and sport. It's really just the tip of the iceberg. And the reason it's a tip of the iceberg really relates to cost is that the cost of doing these DNA tests many years ago, it was quite expensive. It was probably $1,000 to do a DNA test. And it depends how many different markers you look at. But the cost has absolutely plummeted in the last few years. And that reducing cost, so it's now below $100 and in some instances below $50. So it's actually become much more affordable and much more accessible especially if you think how much people are spending on these plans and these personal trainers and all these other things. And then it's becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because what's happening as those costs have plummeted, there are more researchers around the world doing more evidence that are finding more insights into what these DNA means. So that as that comes out, we can have more conversations that are more personalized with people about all these other areas of their health and wellness and lifestyle that we couldn't have before because it was so expensive to do the research. So it's great for research and discovering what all these magical genes and DNA in our bodies do. And it's great for people because they can start to get that knowledge for themselves. So if they go somewhere like my DNA to get a test, yep. um, what are the qualifications of the people at your company to yep. firstly provide the DNA? I don't even know. I'm the least scientific person you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> but, but what are their qualifications? Firstly, to tell you about your DNA and then to give you in, sort of instructions on yep. following through with a health plan. Okay, so let me explain how you get your DNA because yes. I don't want people to think it's scary or you know, they're, <laughs> watch, they're watching CSI. So, look, DNA is in every cell of our body. Oh, come on. You use the little um, the, the, thing the, in the oh, mouth. Oh, you know. The, there, we yeah, basically... I got that from uh, NCIS, Fine, sure. yes. You literally just put a little brush in the side of your cheek and you twirl it around for 20 seconds. So, that's how you get it. So, it's not invasive. It literally takes 15 seconds and it's done. 
we have a laboratory and we use other laboratories well as well that are, that are accredited. So the actual res- the raw results are, are, are you know, indisputable. That's what you did get from your parents. So the laboratories all have to be accredited and there's strict guidelines around that. And in terms of the people that at MyDNA that we employ, so we have 12 full-time geneticists and scientists and doctors and physicians that we employ full-time and their sole role is to look at all the research and the evidence that's been conducted around the world and it's all on public record. It's not anything that we've just got our hands on. It's freely available for everyone and they look through all the research they form the conclusions that the, these research papers have. And all we're really doing is distilling and simplifying that research, which can be quite complicated, and presenting in a really simple report online, for that matter, that can be digested by a very non-technical person. And then you can read and go, oh, I can do something with that. So it's actually not even our research. We're just really a search engine, for run of a better word, of all the researchers out there. And we are very transparent So because we had done a lot of tests for doctors and dietitians and specialists as well and a whole range of healthcare professionals. So we show, for every recommendation we make, we show this is the evidence and this is the study from which we formed that conclusion. So it is important. That credibility is very important in in what we're providing. And I think the last thing I would ask is about... um privacy because with DNA that is the biggest thing I think for people today is what happens once that DNA record has gone there do do you guys therefore have it forever and do you have to give it to government organizations if they ask for it I sound like a conspiracy theorist but privacy is a real thing these days it's really big and and we've taken this test to other countries too where like in Canada, for instance, where they're really paranoid about privacy. And it's a really important point that needs to be addressed. And we have very strong practices around this. So we feel very strongly that we are simply custodians of those results for you. It is your DNA. It's our customer's DNA. We're just holding on their behalf with their explicit permission. We are very strict in our terms and our consent that we will never, under any circumstances, share it with any third parties unless you provide permission. And at any point in time, if you did want that DNA destroyed or your record destroyed, we have a process to do that as well. So there's a minimum of time, amount of time that we have to for laboratory reasons to store the DNA. And then we ask people with their blessing, would you like us to keep it for longer so that as there is more research coming out and we can keep you updated with things that are more personalized for you, would you like to have that? Some people opt in, some people opt out. So there are many perhaps less scrupulous operators, yes, that don't share our strong views on privacy and consent that, you know, are selling that data or de-identifying it or providing to others and we are dead against it and it's very clear when you when you do the consent that that's how we strongly feel. All right. Well, um, it's been fascinating. <laughs> Whole new world out there. It is. Leo, thank you so much for your time. Not at all. Thanks for having me. That was Dr. Leo Rauschberger from MyDNA. For more information on their research into the relationship between DNA and dieting, head to Kindling Conversation on our website. That's kindling.com.au.